Mini episode 1153 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Welcome everyone to FDH Lounge mini episode number 1153. This is FDH managing partner Rick Morris coming at you. And one of the things we love to do every year is get ready for the start of a new sports season. In this case, it is the NHL season of 2019-2020. And uh, here, as always, for such purposes, is good friend, FDH Lounge dignitary and sportsology proprietor and author, good friend, Russ Cohen. And uh, coming at us, uh, actually fittingly enough, from a rink as we are recording this today. Russ, uh, good to have you back on, my man. Thank you for being here for the season preview. It's uh, very good to uh, be able to break this down with you, and uh, what we've got going on here is a very interesting landscape in the league since we ended the last regular season. It ends, of course, with the St. Louis Blues hoisting their first ever Stanley Cup, uh, mercifully uh, dispatching a team from Boston, which uh, is always nice for the rest of the country to see, regardless of sport. And uh, again, a very, very, very memorable playoff run last year and uh, then we get to the off season and uh, there's a number of developments happening uh, Columbus is stripped of the bones by free agency as anticipated relative labor piece at the moment or at least about as close as we ever get a couple of different things there what really jumped out at you as the biggest headlines of the off season well the labor piece was a big one and, and they overcame that hurdle quick so some people say well in three years we'll be right back where we were but it's like yeah, three years is a long time for it, so I'm not worried about that. I think, yeah, the RFAs, a lot of those unsigned players really dragged on until the last couple of weeks, and now Julius Honka of uh, Dallas Stars is the last man standing because he asked for a trade, and so he's the one guy. So, like last year with uh, William Nylander and the holdout, it really did hurt his season. Seems to have hurt the Leafs because he didn't get there to what, like middle of October or something like that? That's right. And... And, and it kind of threw him off kilter, so at least nobody did that this year. But it was a big story because, you know, it did, I'm guessing it did follow up some teams' plan while they're waiting up guys. You know, they couldn't spend all their money. They had to keep a certain amount allotted. You never know the exact amount because they're negotiating down to the last minute. So all the big ones are out of the way. Some of these guys did miss camp, all the top players had, but they missed time. And so you kind of wonder if some of them will be rusty until the first three or four. Uh, certainly that in the end at home. Uh, that if you're Cleveland Browns, actually. But yes. Sadly. No. Well, it's an interesting kind of a thing because, again, you mentioned that with the NFL. That is something where Sean McVay had sort of brought that to the NFL, and it didn't seem to hamper the L.A. Rams. And, uh, again, we're, we're finding out that some other teams in the NFL, it is hampering with that, particularly when you're putting in new concepts. And I would think particularly in the NHL that the teams that are going to be changing offensive systems, maybe have new coaching, whatever, I would think they're a little bit more vulnerable to whatever's going to happen with these guys not being there in training camp. Yeah, I'm sure that's why Elaine Danielle put a lot of pressure on uh, trying to make the hand there. The coach there, he was instituting his system. And they got it done, and that worked him in Pro Bowl. So, yeah, overall, good. Guys are in camp. Now, 
games are being played the last preseason one. See by the uh, the writer's tweet, they're going to be having to see preseason go. They're getting grumpy already. And, uh, but, you know, in Pittsburgh here, there's a big story. I went to the game a couple nights ago against Detroit, and, you know, Crosby played in that game, and they had him play against yesterday. And he took a shot off the wrist, and he left the game, and now there's, you know, talk that he could have a broken wrist. And I guess we'll find that out today, but the idea is why Crosby in, like, your last preseason game? Why? That's a very good question, and uh, again, something that really sets back a team that has been getting thinner and thinner the last couple of years since their last championship that they won. Let's start there, I guess, in the Metro, because when I look at it, there, there are two divisions this year that really, really jump out at me as being very, very shallow. I think Pittsburgh, they're going to have a lot of problems if Crosby's down for a good period of time, but if he's in there... I think you could pretty much pencil them in for a playoff spot, and I would think fairly likely home ice in the first round. Uh, you have the Islanders, who, uh, again, did it with the goaltending that they had a year ago, really kind of snuck up on everybody. We'll see if they can replicate that. Uh, a down year that people really didn't, a lot of people anyways, myself included, didn't see coming for the Devils. You had Jack Hughes in there. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Rangers. Obviously, some nice off-season moves here, bolstering both their offense and their defense. But you still have aging goaltending at this point. And uh, again, we talked before about uh, Columbus getting stripped by free agency. Philadelphia is still kind of retooling. So I see an awful lot of question marks in that division right now. Uh, Carolina, we'll have to see if they can. They like the Islanders. Kind of snuck up on some people a year ago. We'll have to see if they can get it done. If I'm Washington, if I'm Pittsburgh with Crosby, I'm really liking where I'm at right now. So what, what do you think about the rest of the division? Does it look as thin to you, or do you think they have a chance to get that uh, fourth playoff spot out of there? I think there's a chance. Uh, it's interesting because I think Pittsburgh could end up being like a wild card team. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Bill. I, I think that could be their, where they end up. I think Washington will take the division. Yep. I think they're quietly uh, healthy. They, they're getting, this is the last year of Ray Pulpey. They have to figure out what they're doing with him. I'm going to so don't have to come to the guy next year. So there's that. So you're dealing with that. Ovechkin may be only in the league two more years. We'll see. I mean, his contract's coming up, and he might end up going to the KHL. So I think they're motivated to try and get this done, and I think there's a really good chance. So I think they're the class of the division. And then you have the Pittsburgh Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Devils, and Carolina's in there too, but I don't trust Eden Morazic for Carolina and, and the Bulls. Right. And so that to me, that's an issue. So then it's like, I wonder if that gets around part of their season because they, they had done a lot of good things there, but they have goaltending Kim Terrell. The Rangers have good goaltending, but they're a little weak in the center position. It looks like Ryan Strong may be their second line center, which is a little, a little weak. But other than that, you know, they've added Kratz uh, off, they've added Adam Fong, they've added Apocato, and, and uh, Archandra Tanarin. So they, they've added offense, defense, offensive defensemen. So they're going to be a lot better than last year. And so the whole question is anything. I think he will be, and even Georgiev or Shesterkin, if somebody comes out of uh, camp and they decide they're going to use him, do something with Georgiev. Either way, they're set in goal. They're in better shape in goal than Carolina and Devils, because Devils, you know, have Blackwood, they have Schneider. Unless Schneider can look it up, because last year it was awful. Right. And Blackwood's pretty good, but he's a young developing goal, so I don't know where they're at in goal, but, but, but the Rangers do have better goaltending than all of them. And then you say Philly and yeah, there's high expectations from Carter Hart, but it's a second season. Like, you don't know when you start a season on flat-footed and you're young like that, we'll have the same magic. He did preseason, but 
but you don't know if it'll be the regular season. So you look at that, and, and that's really going to make the difference, I think, in football testing. Because, you know, even New Jersey, I love what they did. You know, Superman, Jack Hughes, Wade, so that, that's going to help them. There's no question in my mind. But, again, to what degree, how much is it, if the goaltending sort of derailing them, then they could have a problem. So I think Washington's a lot, and Pittsburgh's a lot, and then there's a bunch of suits there. We're going to have to sort of see what happens with all of them. And, you know, Flyers brought in this game in. You know, they brought in Braun, so they, they basically fortified the blue line. And, you know, Kinecki just got re-signed, but he'll be there on the top line. And maybe Joel Barry makes the team, maybe he doesn't. They may even sign Chris Stewart because Lane Yo seems to love that ultimate fourth line. So Chris Stewart may make the team at least to start. The, the Flyers are in a weird spot because, you know, they're in Switzerland now. They play a game tomorrow. No, uh, today. No, it's tomorrow. They play tomorrow, and then... And then after that, they go to Prague, and they have a game in the Czech Republic. And then they come home, and then take, they go to, like, New Jersey, and then they go out to the West Coast. It's something like wacky like that. And so you look at that and you say, they may have a roster that's strictly for the next four or five days, and then it could change after that. So, like, Stewart can make the opening roster, and maybe if things aren't going on that, you know, in the game in Prague, they have a fight or something to entertain the crowd. Stewart maybe plays a couple more games while they're on the West Coast, and then then they might start to make change. Like, it could happen that way for Philly. So I think things are in flux there. So the Metro is interesting, but I, it's definitely stronger than it was last year. I mean, nothing else. Just look at the youth that got added there that should be instant success for all those teams, the guys we talked about. Yeah, and it'll be a matter of how that comes together and how the youth develops. Uh, as, as far as a team with a ready-made power structure at the top, uh, a division that, that looks that way, I should say, uh, the Atlantic division, uh, you've got Tampa Bay, who was the runaway President's Trophy winner of a year ago. Uh, didn't do so well, obviously, once the playoffs started. But Tampa, Toronto, Boston, uh, I, to me it's in that order. But I think you, you pencil those three teams in for the playoffs, barring any type of injuries. I like Florida as a playoff team as well, with a lot of the tinkering that they did in the offseason. You, you've got Montreal, it just uh, you know, perennially always seems to sort of be on the bubble no matter what their circumstances are. Uh, you've got yeah. Buffalo trying to rise up. They're about, I'd say, a year or two ahead in their rebuild of where Detroit's at. Detroit is still kind of uh, down there, unfortunately for me as a Red Wings fan, although I should be better days ahead with Stevie Y at the helm. I've got Ottawa bringing up the rear by a pretty good amount, which uh, is, again, not much different than how the Sens have been playing in recent years. but. This is a very, very difficult division, Russ Cohen, if you're a young team trying to claw up the ranks, at least right now. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Ottawa's have a lot of talent, and I think Brady can jump off big here, but yeah, they're there. I think Detroit will be the worst team in this division. I don't think close. Interesting. I just, I look, you know, I, I look at them, and, and I do think, I just saw the other night, I think Moritz Sider can make the team. I think Kairosi helps them on offense. But again, they don't have enough offense. Definitely don't have enough defense. I mean, Mike Green scored a goal in preseason when I was there. And if he's healthy, they'll trade him at the deadline. They'll get some assets. But in the interim, they, they just don't have enough. And, and, right. and I really know. And, and so I, I think Ottawa's better than them. I think Buffalo is better than both of them. But Buffalo, there's still some worries. Um, now with all the trades, talk about Ristolainen. Will he have a good season? Or is that going to affect him? Uh, is Carter Hutton really going to provide goaltending they need because if not that could derail them. They've got a lot of good players. Olsen's a good young player who I think is scored 20 goals, but there's that issue there. I think Florida is a playoff too, and I think the only way they're not is if Bob gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Bob gets hurt, you know, James Primer is not a suitable backup. Right. And we saw, saw that when Milango got hurt. So Bob has held him pretty much have a best year, and if he 
does, then yeah, I think Florida does make big they do have everything else and now they've got Quenville and that's that's a big thing. Montreal's fine, right? They're good as he and Price is as good as you can get Terry Price last year, I feel, after coming back from injury, he's probably gonna play more full games than any goalie out there. He played for six games and he started like sixty five. I think he's going to do the same this year. I think the issue is something has to go wrong with some of these other teams for them to sort of be there. But I think they will be there, and I think they'll hang around. I think Bubble on better year. I think even Jaren will play better at the end. Yeah, I think Jaren will um, will have a better second half this year. He had pretty good stats, but second half, I don't know, he went something, <coughs> something like 13 games, and, then and, and that certainly hurt him. So, see, no Jules and Curry against him, and, and I think that hurts him a little bit. So they could, you know, be right up there in the 90-something points category and not the else against possible. I think Toronto is a lot. Jake Mullinson from last year, Tyson Barry. Now this year, that's going to help them. Tampa the lot. I don't know if they're starting to decline in sense that that's why we saw with them. But they, Tampa has to really, in the next two years, put it up where everything's going to blow up there. That's the one time. But they're going to have chaos. So right. we'll put what happens there. But they're going to win the division. Boston should be fine now that they've kind of blown in there and sign, but you know, there are teams that take the veterans of youth, and if some of their veterans get hurt, you know, Marshawn, Bergeron, Chara, they're up for any length of time, that does hurt them. Pasternak's still great, they've got young talent, they manage to support them. I, I like them a lot, and so I would say they're a playoff team, but it is not impossible for them to fall out of it, where I think like Toronto is impossible for them to fall out of it, they're treating yeah, that's how I look at it as well. I've got Florida in the playoff picture uh, also. Moving to the other conference, uh, let's stay with commonality here for the moment as far as uh, a really, really brutal division. Much like the Atlantic, you've got the Central in there, and uh, again, the, the defending Stanley Cup champion Blues in that division there, along with two teams that a lot of people, including myself, had as strong favorites to lift the cup a year ago, Nashville and Winnipeg. Nashville, of course, being a team that has been there fairly recently, back in uh, 2017 in the finals. Uh, Winnipeg, a team that uh, certainly has uh, what it takes to get there as well. Dallas and Colorado stepping up a year ago. They still both look like playoff teams to me. You've got Minnesota sort of sitting there in limbo right about now. Uh, things really haven't panned out with their big signings in recent years. Chicago trying to claw their way back up to uh, some form of relevance here at this point. But in particular, the five teams in there that were playoff teams a year ago and still look like playoff teams to me make this the toughest division in hockey in my estimation. Yeah, it's, it's a grinder. And, and I kind of like Colorado to win this division, actually. I, they're poor. They, um, they've got youth on defense. They just had a Calvin Carr who I think will walk in seamlessly for the party in Tyson Valley, so I don't think that's an issue. Um, I think Rubara can handle it. He's never played more than you know, 40 games or something, but I think he can handle 50 games tonight. They have this guy, Frank, I think it's Pablo Frank, who, who's going to back up. Who, it, it's a real mystery. He's a Czech guy. He played in the AHL last year like two NHL games and now all of a sudden he's an NHL backup so that, that'll be interesting to see if that doesn't blow up but they have a lot of cap space so they could possibly well I don't know I haven't looked since they re-signed Rankin so maybe they don't but they could be a team looking for an extra goalie at the uh, break all that said Dallas is much improved but we always worry about the health of Ben Bishop and that's key you know Heiskin and now is probably a top five defensive in the league so you have to start looking at Dallas differently staying uh, they lost Spencer but I don't think that's going to really hurt them because Help down it. I think it helped that loss. So, I do think Dallas is hard to play against, and I do think 
they look like a playoff team. St. Louis, I think, is definitely a playoff team. I think they uh, think that Justin Falk kind of negates what could have been maybe a Stanley Cup hangover, what we see. That's adding more fresh legs on the defense, which is good because maybe Jay Bogle still has a rough start again, and, and that sort of covers that for Matt. You know, I, I have no worries about anything else for the St. Louis Blues. I don't worry about goaltending. I don't worry about anything. So if people think that Vincent and Jordan is not going to have a good year, I, I would disagree. I think mature enough and older where I, I don't think he's going to have a, a sophomore slump. So I think they're going to win a tag to this year because they've lost three players. And, you know, Bustle's not going to start the season no matter what. That's a big loss. And right now, John Martin is going to run that power play, and I think he does a good job, but that power play's lost three guys. So we have to see what the Winnipeg Jets are. They kind of held us good in that, and they definitely have two, three good lines, and they just got Kyle Connor signs. But if they didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm still going to pick them in the playoffs, but there is a transition there now that they weren't expecting, and Buffalo was the last part of that. Tyler, you know, Tyler Myers is part of that, too. That's, you know, these are big losses, so we'll have to see what happens with them. Uh, Chicago, I don't think, has a chance. I don't. I think they looked good second half last year, but I still think they're missing too much and aging too much. I know they... You know, they added Dylan Strong, but they have some youth there. Like, possibly could hit 40 goals again. Wouldn't shock me if he gets a few more, but I just think their defense isn't good enough. And Robin Leonard and Nett, I, I heard he was injured. I don't know if he's going to miss any time. And Corey Crawford's always injured, so too much instability there. Minnesota is a public team as well. I liked them last year, and I felt like if uh, somebody could get hurt, they were probably on a good enough run to make the playoffs. Maybe it won't happen this year. But I like Ryan Donato and the addition there, and Duff is healthy, and Duff is an excellent goal. Even Staylock, that, that tandem is very good with Duff Nick and Stanley. Staylock, but they're in a tough division, so something has to happen with some of these other teams from Minnesota to be a playoff team. And look, if Eric Stahl, they have for reason. Guys can still play. Suter still plays a ton of minutes, but it's just a beat grinder in that division, so hard stuff. Yeah, it really, really is. That division is just brutal. I will say this though, and, and this Nashville, is. I didn't bring, I didn't bring up Nashville. Yeah. I should, because I think Pekarini will be fine. Uh, I think Dante Fabro will add a lot of defense. I, I have a lot of faith in Fabro, and so I do think Nashville is a playoff team. But I think this is like the last year for a changeover, either Sorrow, so they just sign Rennie again short term and start to see where they're at. This is a big year for Lafayette. He's going to prove something. It is. It's a big year for for Lafayette, <laughs> and I would also say too, because I am a strong believer in Winnipeg right now. So it's a big year, I would say, also for Josh Morrissey as well, because you are absolutely yeah. right in what you're saying about the blue line there. I, I think he's going to step up, and I think, again, they may be a little bit of a mover at the trade deadline as well, which is sort of why I have the take that I do on them. But uh, they're, they're, he's one of the people, I think, who's definitely on the spot in the in the Central Division this year. No question. And, yeah, I think Morrissey can't handle it, too. It's just, it's just everything else. You know, just their overall, then they're going to put in guys like Sam Kiru. They're going to they're gonna hope to replicate what Tyler Myers was able to do for them. And it's just being big on the ice, man. So, I don't know. I don't know if Logan Stanley's going to make the team even step back already. Six and seven, it would have been, it'd be good if he could make it, but apparently on the bubble or has already been set back. So, they don't, yeah, they're not as much of a luck as they were when they ended the season last year, in my mind. Very interesting. We'll have to see about that. The Pacific Division... This is where uh, I might get to what might be deemed a little bit of a hot take on my part, but when I look at the division, 
Uh, again, I'm just not impressed at all. I really, really, I, I look at the off seasons here. I think Calgary is still going to be strong, notwithstanding what happened to them in the first round. Vegas, they're going to be steady as always. But believe it or not, I see the third position here uh, coming for a team in the 80s. So I think that's a thing where a, a team like Edmonton can possibly even get in there because I see Edmonton as being a team that could potentially get to the mid-80s. San Jose lost a lot of depth. Arizona, Vancouver, they're still taking steps forward at this point. It's possible that they could advance into the 90s this year. Don't know if I see it. Anaheim is just in a weird place when I look at that roster. L.A. is just depleted as uh, you know teams are sometimes at the end of a dynastic run. So what do you think when you see the Pacific? Do you think it's as weak as I do, or do you see a little bit more uh, strength there and potential for this year? No, I do think it's weak. Uh, you know, McDavid is starting to play, and we'll see what he looks like post-surgery. I'm sure it'll be fine, but what if he starts out slow? I don't know if I trust Mike Smith or, or Miko Koskinen. And, uh, I, that's why I don't think I can call another playoff team, because I just don't trust those guys. Mike Smith will really have to roll him back, I think, to be good. You know, mm -hmm. McDavid's McDavid, dry side dry side, although... They'll probably have enough scoring. Their defense is a little improved, but I still worry about what's your net there. So Anaheim, look, I love Gibson. I still think they have strong defense. Cam Fowler and company there. But and Sam Steele is a really good addition. He's a guy who's a high scorer, junior, did pretty well in the NHL. I think he'll add something. I think Richie could have a better year, but I don't think they have enough either. Vancouver is interesting because Quinn is going to add a lot. Like that's going to be one of the best power plays in the West. Mm -hmm. Calgary definitely a playoff team. I have Bateman's chance out, but probably more 
that I, I look, in Philly, he, he barely got to play, so I can't base that off of what he did in Philly. I just can't tell him that I think he'll bounce back, and that seems a dynamic offensively. Giordano won the guard, certainly will be in the running again this year. Defensively, they're good, but they have had some injuries, so it's a little, a little lesser than when we would have counted them a couple months Yes, I agree with that, and uh, it's not a surprise since I agree with that that I agree with you about Talbot, and I think he is going to be somebody who, uh, at the very least, is going to hold his own this year. I'm not necessarily going to say a strength of the team, but somebody that's not going to hold them back uh, at the very least. So uh, looking ahead here for the season, and again, you can check out on the main page at FantasyDraftHelp.com, Fantasy Hockey Draftology 2019, of course, a joint venture between FantasyDraftHelp.com, the FDH Lounge, and Sportsology. My predictions that I have in here, I will skip ahead to the conference finals. Uh, I will say Tampa over Washington in six, Winnipeg over Calgary in six, and, and again, maybe going out on a big limb, but uh, I think this is the year that it happens, that the Cup comes back to Canada. This is the same pick I made a year ago, by the way. Winnipeg over Tampa Bay in six. I think Patrick Lane comes back huge. He's going to have to, uh, basically, with, with everything they got going on there. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm such a strong believer in, in high-end talent, and uh, those two teams have it uh, in spades, certainly. Uh, Winnipeg, I would agree with you. They may seem a little more top-heavy than they were maybe two years ago, but to me, they have enough to get it done. I'm going out on that limb. How do you see the finals shaking out this year? All right, so for the West, I think even without Salamaki, Calgary will get there. I agree with you, but I think they're going to lose to Colorado. Okay. I think Colorado is going to come out of the West. As far as the East, I do see a scenario where it's Washington, Tampa as well, and I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to take Washington to come out of that. Okay. So Washington, Colorado, and I, and I think it's a Colorado Cup. <laughs> well, that is not something I want to hear as a Red Wings fan. But uh, wow. Well, I don't. I don't rule it out. I mean, if if their young talent is able to come together and, and and reach that level this year, you could certainly look at last year as being sort of that intermediate type year you take before you make yeah. the big jump. So that is, uh, from my point of view, sadly plausible, Russ Cohen. Well, I mean, you also have to look at Kale McCarr. Like he's really a dynamic talent. He'll be up for the Calder Trophy, and he'll probably be one of the top fifteen defensemen in the league by the end of the year. So while Tyson Barry is really good. I think they don't miss a beat with Papar. So they just have to get some better years for the Storm McKinnon and Rantman, and that's dynamic, and Landis Todd is back. I think the age is right. I think everything's right for them. Well, very interesting that you and I both have the Cup winner coming out of the Central Division which is where the defending champion St. Louis comes from, which is where the 2017 Western champion uh, Nashville Predators come from. Earlier in the yep. decade, Chicago Blackhawks three times uh, winning the Cup. So the Central, from the point of view of you and I, continues to be a powerhouse, and uh, we both agree we'll yield this year's champion, even if we don't agree on which team that is. So uh, an excellent, excellent uh, breakdown, as per always. Thank you for being a part of this, uh, Russ Cohen. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Excellent. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today for FDH Lounge mini-episode number 1153. 
As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IAmBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse, and The Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements. 